So today I'd like to talk about um, what it's like being a stay-at-home mother in Brooklyn. But I mean, like, you know, oh, get, get out the trash. What'd you put in the trash? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Unrefined Mama, the place where, well, I'm continuing with immigration today. Um, I'm your host, Lindsay, and um, in, a, in my life before motherhood, I was once an ESL teacher, and I worked with refugees and immigrants and um, enjoyed my work immensely. So I'm going to give you some basics on what a refugee is and what an asylee is, with, what happens when a refugee comes to America, and um, how they make it here, and bringing it full circle with this zero tolerance policy, not law, of the Trump administration. Before I get into that, let me tell you what I'm drinking. I'm drinking um, Shram's mead. It's um, in the nutmeg mead. Um, Ken Shram wrote the book, The Complete Mead Maker, and I'm reading that right now. Little did I know I was going to happen upon his meadery um, in Ferndale, Michigan. Uh, my family, you know, I'm from Detroit, so that's a hop and a, that's not even a skip. That's just a hop. So uh, I was looking up meaderies and when I was visiting last week and went and picked up a couple bottles. And this is the bottle that I have left. So it is sweet. It is golden in color. It is um, got a little bit of a nibble in the back of your throat. Um, it's boozy. It's, it's nice. It's 11% ABV. So let's take a sip. Yeah. My mother would love this. I, I feel kind of bad because I wanted to open this when I was there. And this is right up her alley. So, yeah. It's really good. Okay, let's start off from the beginning, okay? If you are a refugee, what is a refugee? Who is a refugee? A refugee is someone who has been forced to flee his or her country because of persecution, war, or violence. And this can be violence based upon that person's religion, their race, their nationality, their political opinion, or political affiliation. Um, it can also be ethnic, tribal, um, war, just straight up war, and this causes people to flee. 51% of refugees are school-age children under the age of 18, if you didn't know. So that's some information for you. Now, when you flee your country, you go to the next place that is without war 
or the next place that will accept you. So it's sometimes it's an adjacent country and sometimes it's not. Okay? And when you are a refugee, that country that you go to will set up a camp called a refugee camp and you will stay there until you fill out some paperwork with the UNHCR, the United Nations Refugee um, Agency. And um, once that paperwork is filled out and your paperwork for your medical history and make sure that you're not uh, a terrorist of any kind and, um, you know, who is all coming with you, your, your daughters or your sons, your wife, your husband, whatever. Then you get on a plane and you go to where you want it to go. And normally they give you a chance to pick. So you can have, you can pick countries and you can have like three top ones. Say you have Australia, you might have Germany, and you might have America, okay, on the list. And um, they will pick from there, and that country will accept you and then bring you over. Normally, the average time spent in a refugee camp is 15 years. 15 years. Most refugee, when you go to another country, most refugee camps um, are self-contained, meaning that the refugees cannot leave the refugee camp. They cannot go freely and come freely, okay? So that is literally 15 years of being in the same spot until you can go to the next country, Okay. When you get to the next country, you will be resettled by that country. And that job of resettlement in America goes to nonprofits like Catholic Charities, um, IRC. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of them. Some of them are religious and some of them are not religious at all. I mean, religiously affiliated, I should say. And some of them are not at all. And it doesn't really matter because they're getting money from the government to help resettle these people, okay? So the people at the resettlement organization, you'll get a caseworker. That caseworker will make sure that you are picked up from the airport. The, not you. Uh, the refugee is picked up. His or her family will be picked up from the airport, uh, taken to an apartment that is furnished with... Um, with, with things that have been donated to the organization. Um, the caseworker will uh, enroll their children in school. The caseworker will set them up for a job, will sign them up for ESL classes, will sign them up for any extra classes, like not any extra classes within the organization, um, usually not outside of it, um, because they get funding from all kinds of sources to provide these services, for refugees, so there you have it, okay? So let's, let's recap. You're a refugee who's fleeing violence, war, uh, persecution. You flee to a country, normally you don't get to leave that refugee camp once you flee. You're there for an average of 15 years, then you come to America where you need to start your life completely over again, 
with a family, and mostly with a lack of language skills. My job uh, at the refugee uh, at the refugee resettlement organization was to provide seminars. So, what part of my job was teaching ESL, and the other part was to go into refugees' homes and um, give them a seminar on banks or school, like community college or hospitals or the bus, public transportation, or um, whatever it may be, you know? And I just, I just, I, I truly loved what I was doing. And I felt like I was making a difference. And, you know, I still feel like I'm making a difference as a mom. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's a different, you know, like meeting new people and and learning about their cultures was amazing so i i truly loved what i was doing now you're probably asking yourself but lindsay what's an asylee well an asylee is someone who is in um let's say let's call the country united states because that's where we are in the united states or comes to a port of entry and um, is unwilling or unable to return to his or her country um, and is seeking protection in this country because of persecution um, based on race, religion, nationality, membership in a particular social group, political opinion, um, war, you know, it's the same thing. The only difference between someone who is a refugee and someone who is a asylee is that normally asylees uh, can leave the country by themselves, meaning that they could come to America by themselves. They didn't, the difference to me that I've always noticed is money. If you, um, and this was the situation with a lot of Iranians, the first wave of Iranians coming from Iran during the, um, uh, it's not, it was it a coup? It wasn't a coup, but it was um, revolution. That's what it was. During the revolution were the people who could afford to buy a plane ticket and come to America and, and say to, um, at the port of entry, I am looking for asylum. I, I would like to be granted asylum here in America. The people who come later or the people who have to, who can't afford to buy a plane ticket to America are the refugees. So basically it's the same thing, you know? Now, is that the case all the time? Obviously not, but I'm trying to give you a picture of what it looks like to be a refugee and what it looks like to be an asylee, what it, the steps that people take. God forbid you ever have to be one because if you've ever have to move to another country and learn a whole other different structure and a whole other different language, a whole other different culture of that society, you realize how tough it is. Um, I've lived abroad for two years and it was not easy. And it wasn't that, you know, there was so much difference between me and someone else. It was just like the, the nuances were just so crystal clear, you know, and, uh, it's it's hard, you know? It's hard to, you, you're never going to assimilate and that's okay, you shouldn't be forced to, but at the same time, you're still trying to learn how to interact, you know? So, 
Let's get talking about this zero tolerance policy. I'm going to take a sip. So, Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General of the United States of America, decided that to deter people from coming from Central American countries, um, rampant with violence, gang violence, where young children are forced to enter gangs, and if they do not become a part of that gang, then they are murdered, they are killed, where young girls are raped and often forced into gangs or forced to into prostitution. Jeff Sessions has decided that in order to not help these people, when they make their arduous journey from their country to our borders, they are going to be separated. If they have come with a child, and his, in his terms, if you're smuggling a child, you can't smuggle your own child, okay? That child is yours, okay? You're supposed to stay with your child and be with them, take care of them. So you can't smuggle anybody, okay? If they're your child. So they're, they're trying to... Hold on one sec. Buddha, it's okay. It's okay. She's having a bad dream. You can't smuggle your own child, okay? So in order for him to make this sound okay, he has decided to use the word smuggle a child. And they will be separated, okay? It doesn't matter the age, okay? A lot of children from these countries come by themselves and they are called unaccompanied minors because they are under the age of 18 and they have come to America by themselves because they, as I said before, do not want to be a part of a gang, do not want to get killed, do not want to get raped. Okay? That's, that seems like a fair, a fair thing to run away from. Okay? This is not law okay and let me let me go even further into the basics the legislative branch writes laws okay the judicial branch interprets the law okay so if the legislative branch writes a law that says no one's allowed to wear brown shoes and someone sues and says, I don't know why I'm not allowed to wear brown shoes, and it goes to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court can say, yes, that's unconstitutional, that's ridiculous. Why wouldn't people be allowed to wear brown shoes? And that law doesn't exist, it's void, okay? You have to do something else. The executive branch is the enforcement branch, okay? They are the ones, that's why, you have the legislative branch write the laws, and that's why you have the president sign a law into action, okay? Because the legislative branch, branch is the enforcing branch of those laws, okay? Now, there's a lot of other stuff that the president can do, but the executive branch is the one that does the, the, the enforcement. Now, they can decide how much or how little enforcing they want to do, 
For example, under President Obama, um, there was a lenient kind of outlook on federal prosecutions of people in possession of marijuana. Okay? He wanted, he wanted uh, Holder to go light on that. And so there wasn't as much enforcement. Under um, Sessions, he has decided to prosecute people to the full extent of the law on marijuana. Okay? On marijuana. Okay? A plant. Now he's decided that there is a zero tolerance policy. So when you come to America, you are going to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law for crossing our borders, which by the way, is only a misdemeanor. It is not a felony, okay? This is pretty abhorrent to separate young children, especially young children, children, all over, for real, but I mean, the children who came here of their own free will, that's something else. Those are undocumented minors. So there are about 10,000 of them being housed by um, DHS, HHS, okay? I don't know what HHS, I said it wrong, probably. HHS, everybody says HHS. I don't know what that stands for. DHS is Department of Homeland Security, so. Uh, there are about 10,000 unaccompanied minors. I, sh I, I misspoke, unaccompanied minors. Um, but there are about 2,500 children who came here with their parents and have been separated from them. And some as young as 18 months old, which if you need to do the math, that's a year and a half. That's pretty disgusting. And let's just put it out on the table. If you're trying to find a way to say that that's okay because somebody broke the law, then you should probably rot in hell. I, I don't have anything else to say to you about that. I can't, I'm not gonna argue with someone who thinks that because somebody broke the law, at the law as little as crossing the border, seeking asylum in another country that they should be separated from their child, whom of which they, do not know when they'll see again. They don't know when they're going to see their child again. And it's been coming to light that over 100 children, over 100 parents have been deported, but their children are still here. Like, are you kidding me? If you don't do it in the first place, you don't have to try and keep them and reunite these families. Under Obama which, you know, they, could all, they didn't try to be malicious, but of course they weren't doing the best job either. When uh, a mother and a child were picked up, they were housed in a detention center together. And under the law, children can only be detained for 20 days. So after 20 days, those children and their parents were released and went on about their business. But here, we don't have that. So again, any, anything you wanna say to me about breaking the law, as the law as little as crossing the border to seek asylum, which is, asylum is legal, I just told you that. 
seeking asylum is legal, then, you know, you're a horrible person. You're just evil, and you can just go die. I, I do not care about you, and I don't want to, I'm not going to engage you. Now, for the rest of us who rightfully so are horrified, I mean, if I think about it too long, I just start crying. I just start crying. If you're horrified, please contact your senator, your congressperson, okay? Because Dianne Feinstein of um, California is trying to get everyone to sign on to a law in the Senate to, to get on board with a proposed law that she has written. It's called um, Keep Families Together Act, and the law is very simple. The law states that you cannot separate a, a parent from their child simply because they've crossed the U.S. border. That's it. That's it. You know, Laura Bush, uh, thank God, you know, she, she's a woman of few words, for real. And just to, to see that, that her, uh, her opinion piece in the Washington Times really gets to the heart of the matter of how this is immoral and unjust we need to end this right now. So, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about the Trump policy. I'm not gonna talk about the the blame game and the nonsense coming out of that administration about who, what, when, where, why. Let's call our Congress people, our Congress members, and tell them they need to stop this now. All 43 Democrats have signed on. If you live in a state that has a Republican senator, go in there and call them, write them, let them know they need, they need to stop this because this is not okay. So, and, and just to give you some perspective, 66% of Americans believe that this is wrong, that they, they, they oppose this this new policy. So, uh, and only 27% think it's okay, okay? Which, let's, let's go a little bit further down the rabbit hole. 55% of Republicans think it's okay. So, it, I, I'm not gonna argue with anybody about anything. You're just piece of shit. That's it, you know? So that's my piece for today, and I'm ending on a kind of sad note, um, and I won't be back again till August because uh, I'll be traveling around visiting family um, and preparing podcasts for when I come back in August. So um, please reach out and get people on board to Diane Feinstein's um, proposed bill. And um, there's also a march on June 30th, um, I believe it's under the name, I signed up for it, but it's called Keep Families Together. Hold on, let me take a sip. Keep Families Together. 
Um, so just look that up online. It's on the 30th, so you can, you can all march together. Uh, donate to the ACLU. Um, and try to be as compassionate as you can be to other people. Because that's, that's really, you know, this lack of empathy, this lack of compassion in this so-called Judeo-Christian country that can't get it together, like, come on, come on, you know? So my hope is that this policy ends soon. My hope is that we keep our humanity and keep, and not humanity as a country, like individually we think about things as like, I don't want this happening to my neighbor. I don't want this happening to me. Why would I want it happening to somebody else? This is not okay. And um, yeah, so I hope this was informative and I really appreciate all of you listening. It, um, it's, it, I'm trying to get better <laughs> at this, but I'm also talking about subjects that are very, 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 very near and dear to my heart and they're also very you know, emotional. So please forgive me if I'm filled with emotion because I'm filled with emotion. Can't help that. Um, have a great summer and I will see you um, in August when it is sweltering ridiculously hot here in New York. And um, fight the good fight.